Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. Well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. Genetic power is the most awesome force the planet's ever seen, but you wield it like a kid that's found his dad's gun. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc is now in the possession of the Army. Too many others know what's happening out there, and no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man. That state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. About time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Broadcasting from the Sonoran Desert, I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings Radio It is Tuesday, August 16th, 2022. Welcome to the show. TheSecretTeachings.info is the website. Please visit our website and check out our full show archive. You can listen and download the shows on the website for free. Or you can subscribe to the archive itself 
which gets you access to that full show archive without advertisements from outside sources because it is monetized. You'll also get access to the montage archive, early access to the show and a private RSS feed. When you subscribe or when you buy a book, you support us and keep us on air Monday through Friday, 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific, right after Clyde Lewis and Ground Zero. We're very happy to be here on Ground Zero Radio. Ground Zero dot radio is the most reliable source to listen to the show. If you are listening elsewhere or if you're listening tonight and you hear the show cut out on another platform, go to Ground Zero dot radio or the Aftermath FM application and you'll get a solid stream that will not be interrupted. If you'd like to contact the show, rdgable at yahoo.com, facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings is our Facebook page, of course, and Twitter, TST underscore underscore radio. Last night, we did a show called Faustian Bargain. The Faustian Bargain, or the Faustian Bargain, is a deal that we make with diabolic forces in which we exchange something immaterial, something spiritual, something that is not of this world, something that animates our physical bodies. We trade something of ourselves for something that is fleeting, for something that is evaporating, something like material wealth or material power. It's a deal that we make with the devil. Now, the Faustian bargain is just like the Faustian bargain, just a clever name. The Faustian bargain is the deal we made where we exchanged our freedom and especially our thoughts. We exchanged our freedom of movement, our freedom of association, freedom of choice, freedom of thought, which is the spirit, our words, the things that we use to express ourselves. This is an expression of the immaterial. So we changed from, we exchanged from, uh, from a, a standpoint of the Faustian bargain, our freedom and our thoughts for these fleeting promises of protection, of safety, of health, and of a powerful new science where we exchanged the gods for these new gods and these new goddesses, these new priests that have the authority to tell us how to live our lives here on earth. And all the things that they gave us or promised us evaporated. They weren't real. All the people that took their vaccines, turns out vaccines now actually make you more likely to get sick and more likely to die. If you wore your mask, the mask made you more likely to get sick, not less likely. It's not that it wasn't even, you know, neutral, but the things we did actually made the situation worse, and they continue to make the situation worse. And I've said this a few times on the show, so I apologize if this sounds repetitive, but all the things that we traded for those perceptions of safety and health, etc., Whatever's left of the immaterial, we are being asked to exchange it for something similar, not safety and health because of a virus, but safety and health because of greenhouse gases, because of climate change. We're being asked to do the same thing, lockdown, quarantine, don't go out, don't travel, don't drive, and if you won't do it, because of science or philosophy. Maybe you'll do it because of politics. People say, I'm happy to pay more money for gas as long as we're defeating Putin. I'm happy to pay more money 
for my power bill as long as we're helping Ukraine. It's just like the most naked, rawest form of propaganda you've ever seen in your life. We're being asked to do the same thing because of climate change. Now, I read an interesting story, an interesting article that really, I think, sums up the whole issue. NBC News reported a little less than a week ago. I mentioned this on a show last week at the end of the show Friday, I think. This is NBC News. The Earth spun faster than usual on June 29th. The Earth shaved 1.59 milliseconds off its rotation on June 29th, 2022, and became the shortest day recorded since accurate daily measurements using atomic clocks first began in the 1960s. Now, they don't give a reason why the Earth rotated, spun a little bit faster. They just say that the Earth spun a little bit faster. And now that did something. That did something not to the climate, not to the environment, but to humans and their perception of the climate and the environment. NBC News said, because of some godly intervention, something natural that occurred, something that has probably occurred throughout the millions or the billions of years that the earth has been here, or for Christians that are very strict, the the few thousand years the earth has been here. We identify that the earth spun a little bit faster on June 29th, and NBC News says that, quote, triggered climate anxiety. Now, the spinning of the earth has nothing to do with you driving an electric car or a gas-powered car. It has nothing to do with you running your air conditioner. If you want to jump through a bunch of hoops and some common core-like math to try to get to that conclusion, that's your choice. But 1.59 milliseconds It's not that the earth is spinning quicker every day. Just on June 29th, it spun a little bit faster, 1.59 milliseconds. That's not really a lot. That's not something that we can, 1.59 milliseconds, that's not something we can really process in our brain. That's very, very uh, unquantifiable for us without a computer or without a calculator or some kind of, you know, very specific instrument. So, NBC News says that these findings, coupled with, quote, severe heat, end quote, and extreme flooding, end quote, are triggering feelings of climate anxiety. And then they go on to tell you what climate anxiety is. Climate anxiety is a state of heightened anxiousness, which can include feelings of guilt, grief, and desperation about the state of the environment. Thankfully, there are psychologists who devote time to helping people cope with the fear that comes with the planet's changes. You talk about being bamboozled and having something pulled over on you. These are natural things. We've been monitoring the earth for 50, 60 years to determine the speed of of its rotation, the time of its rotation, of its spinning. And because we have a day in June 2022 that it rotates a little bit faster, it spins a little bit faster, 1.59 milliseconds shaved off its rotation, 
NBC News attributes that by association. They don't even say that it has anything to do with greenhouse gases, anything to do with climate change. They link it to climate anxiety and say this is contributing to people feeling anxiety because the earth is spinning faster. I need to think about that for a second. The earth is spinning faster one day, 1.59 milliseconds, and that is, we are told, causing climate anxiety. Now, remember that earthquake that struck about 16, 17 years ago, back in 2005, I think it was? This big earthquake that supposedly changed the rotation of the earth slightly. This massive earthquake supposedly changed the rotation of the earth by a fraction of a centimeter. And I I was reading about this today, and I can't find anything that confirms it one way or another. I was reading Scientific American, etc. And uh, it all had to do with uh, predictions. In fact, this is a statement from Scientific America back in 2005. This rotation change is a prediction from a model. And the data is being analyzed to see if the predicted change actually occurred. So that kind of is a myth that that earthquake caused a rotational adjustment in the in the uh, the earth because it was all based on a computer model all based on a computer model which is how covid-19 remember we were told how covid-19 was going to unfold because of a computer model a computer model told us that hundreds of thousands millions of people would die in a short period of time in the UK in the United States People would die all over the world, and it turns out that those computer models were false because when you plug in the data, and that data is an assumption, you're obviously going to get a response that aligns with your assumption and what you plug into the computer system. And they did the same thing with climate change that they did with COVID-19, or I should say they did the same thing with COVID-19 that they did with climate change and continue to do with climate change. Even that earthquake back in 2005, it's all based on a computer model. It's a computer model. Now, that doesn't mean computers can't be helpful. That's not what I'm saying. But they're determining what our future is going to be based on computer models. Not that they're even driven by AI or given real-world data, You plug in data that gives you the conclusion that you wish to reach. This is going to be a devastating end-of-the-world pandemic. Turns out that's not true, based on a computer model that's false. They keep telling us all these things about the climate. Now we hear that the Earth's rotation is increasing. It has nothing to do with greenhouse gases. It has nothing to do with you eating meat. It has nothing to do with you running your air conditioner. It has nothing to do with any of that. But NBC says this is climate anxiety. Now, the climate anxiety is the reason I brought up this article. Not only is it absolutely absurd that they're telling us that the Earth's rotation, 1.59 milliseconds being shaved off of its rotation, is somehow linked by association to climate change, but the climate anxiety, and there are psychologists devoted to helping people cope with the fear that comes with these planetary changes. And then they give you a list of things you can do If you have climate anxiety, try a news detox, find a community, spend time in nature, take some action. 
And I find these sort of ironic considering that spending time in nature, we're told we can't do that in some parts of the country because it's just too hot. I just went up to Phoenix over the weekend. They keep telling us in the news here, Phoenix is, is unlivable. I, 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 honest to God, was outside for two, two and a half hours waiting at this event in Phoenix. I, I, I barely uh, had any sweat. It, it, this was not even late in the afternoon. This was like three o'clock, two, two, three o'clock. Sun beating down on me. I mean, it's, it's hot, but it's, it's not unlivable. It's not unbearable. It's just paranoia. This is, they say alarmism. I don't like to use that word because it's become political, but it's alarmism. It's paranoia. It's so incredibly deceitful. And it's also, depending on your point of view, it's a confirmation bias. Because if you're in a cold place, they tell you the cold weather is climate change. If you're in a hot place, they tell you the hot weather is climate change. If it rains, they tell you that's climate change. If it's dry, they tell you that's climate change. It's confirmation bias. NBC News, how to cope with climate anxiety. But here's the real article that made me think about tonight's show and how we are, as human beings, we're not always irrational. We're not always concerned about the rotation of the earth. We're not always concerned about what we're eating and how that affects the climate. We're not always concerned with spending hundreds of billions of dollars in green corporate welfare for the earth. Some Americans are concerned with other things. This is a big poll that is going around the internet from the Associated Press, NORC, Center for Public Affairs Research. And it is one of those stories that is kind of triggering a strange response by mainstream media of all sides. I got this from the Associated Press the AP NORC poll, many in the United States doubt their own impact on climate change. The more they've pushed, the more money that's been spent, the more propaganda that's been spewed, the less people are believing this. People are rational. People have realized there are more serious, direct things that we need to deal with, like not just inflation, but I can't pay my bills or I can't afford gas. Or I can't, um, I can't afford to go to school. Whatever the case is. People realize they can't afford basic necessities or even basic luxuries that you would hope that you have in a first world country, like air conditioning. The last thing that they're concerned about is climate change. Climate change. Americans are less concerned now about climate change and how it might impact them personally than they were a couple of years ago, according to this new AP poll. Majorities of U.S. adults think the government and corporations have the significant responsibility to address climate change, but they as individuals can't do much about it. This new bill that President Biden supposedly signed today allocates $375 billion for these green initiatives, the same kind of thing Barack Obama did they just dump hundreds of billions of dollars into corporations that take the money and then they, they close down or they waste the money like California did on all those solar panels that they're now dumping. Waste of resources, waste of time, waste of energy, waste of wealth that they're dumping into landfills that are very toxic. According to the poll, over 35%, around 35% of adults say 
They are, quote, extremely or, quote, very concerned about the impact of climate change on them personally. That's down substantially from 2019 when about 44% of those that were polled said they were extremely or very concerned about the impact of climate change. Another third say they are somewhat concerned. Only about half say their actions have an effect on climate change compared with two-thirds in 2019. So the number of people that are concerned or very extremely concerned and the number of people who think their actions have a direct effect have declined quite substantially by more than 10 percentage points in both cases. Now, the Associated Press has an interesting statement that they, that they put in here because everything, of course, has to be political and everything has to be related to how certain groups of people are going to suffer more than others because it's that UN equality agenda of the 2030 pact. They say black and Hispanic Americans, women and Democrats are especially likely to be strongly concerned about the impact of climate change on them personally and about how their personal choices affect the climate. There was a variation of this article published today from The Hill, and that variation says when broke down by demographics, women, Democrats and blacks and Hispanic Americans are more likely to be strongly concerned about climate change's impact on their individual lives and how their personal choices affect crisis. Now, is that because they've studied the data? Is that because they're scientists or no, it's because. Well, a lot of women, blacks and Hispanics tend to lean Democrat, or at least that's what we're told. And the Democrats constantly tell them that because of evil Republicans and because of people that don't want to switch to electric cars and people that don't want to pay five dollars for gas. They're the reason that you're going to be more disproportionately affected. But the irony in it is if they're right that black and Hispanic Americans tend to be poorer than other Americans, then the reality is higher gas prices, higher energy costs, higher food costs are going to affect black and Hispanic Americans a whole lot more than they're going to affect white Americans. So the transition to a new renewable future is going to devastate black and Hispanic communities far more than it's going to devastate white communities. Who do you think can afford to pay for the increasing costs of energy, gas, and just basic necessities. Do you think that the average poor person can afford that, white or black or Hispanic or whatever? Who do you think it affects more directly? So they tell people, you're going to be affected by climate change sometime in the future, so we need to make changes now. Then they stop, because the changes they want to make actually disproportionately affect the people they tell in the future you are going to have a harder life because of climate change. But the changes they want to make are going to cause them to have a harder life right now. What a beautifully conducted, orchestrated con. That's what that is. Now, some people, like Diane Panacucci, quoted in this AP article, believes climate change is happening and it does need to be addressed. She says, however, individuals should do what they're told. Just do what you're told. Like that guy that screamed at me when I was in El Paso, Texas at a Sprouts supermarket 
And I was checking out and the manager came over over halfway through my transaction and said, we're not going to complete your transaction because you won't wear a mask. So they sat there and literally deleted my transaction and took the stuff that I was trying to buy, including water. And they told me that they will not process that transaction unless I put a mask on for the transaction. And I debated them and argued with them. And some guy a couple lanes down screamed, just do it. They just want you to do it. Yeah, that's that's just what they want you to do. Just like this lady, Diane Panacucci. Just do what you're told. Just do what you're told. Stop thinking that you can think for yourself. Stop thinking at all. Whatever you need to do, whatever you have to do, just do it. Do what they tell you to do. Stunning. The article goes on. Roughly two-thirds of Americans say the U.S. federal government developed countries abroad and corporations and industries have a large responsibility to address climate change. 45% say that an individual person is responsible. So two-thirds say it's the government and the corporations that need to make a change, and a little less than that say the individual people need to make a change. It also says... Among Americans who believe in climate change, 70% say it will be necessary for individuals to make major lifestyle changes to combat the issue. Most think individuals have at least some responsibility. But here's what I really thought was interesting. The poll shows 6 in 10 Americans say they have reduced their driving, reduced their use of heat or air conditioning, and bought used products instead of new ones. Nearly three-quarters are using energy-efficient appliances. But are people reducing their driving reducing their heat and air conditioning and buying used products because of climate change or because of severe inflation, devaluation of the currency and rising costs that are truly man-made and artificial in nature. Why are people buying these things? Why are people not using their AC and not driving so much? Is it because of climate change or is it because they can't afford it? Are they unable to afford it because of action taken on climate change? Who's going to be affected by climate change? Blacks and Hispanics more than whites? But then when you drive up the cost of goods in this transitionary period, blacks and Hispanics will actually suffer far more than, than whites. So it doesn't make a lot of sense. It doesn't make a lot of sense at all. This poll shows us that people are less concerned with climate. They're more concerned with being able to afford living expenses. That's the big thing that they're concerned with. Now, all this might seem like doom and gloom, but tonight I'm going to share a positive message with you. The earth is not heating up. The oceans are not rising, at least out of the ordinary. The Great Barrier Reef is not dying. The ice caps are not melting. Polar bears are not dying and, 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 and falling into the water from heat stroke. Everything is fine. Everything is going to be fine. Don't panic. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. The grass will be greener on the other side of this break. Stay with us. The Secret Teachings radio show is on Facebook and Twitter. Just search facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings to like us and TST underscore underscore radio to tweet with us. This is David Icke from davidike.com and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. From Ground Zero to The Secret Teachings, keep your dial tuned to Ground Zero Radio. Want to hear more of The Secret Teachings radio show? Search for the show on any radio or podcast player 
or find links and a free archive at thesecretteachings.info. If you want to get rid of those annoying ads and get extra perks like access to the montage archive, digital copies of Ryan's books, and early access to the show, then subscribe to the full show archive at thesecretteachings.info. Visit the website and click the button that says subscribe. You can do so monthly, yearly, or through a one-time donation. Your support always keeps the secret teachings on the air. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in paranormal talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. If you enjoy the secret teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, visit the website and grab a physical and digital copy of Ryan's books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. And remember, shipping is always included. Some restrictions exist for international. Visit thesecretteachings.info. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. This is one of the best discussions I've been on in a long time. You guys are right on it. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. If anyone can hear this broadcast, I'm still on Earth. This is the frequency of Ground Zero Radio, Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis, and The Secret Teachings with myself, Brian Gable. I went digging on break and I found the story back in uh, the 1990s and there was a recent story actually in 2021. So the earth shaved 1.59 milliseconds off of its rotation on June 29th and NBC News linked that to climate change and they say that gives people climate anxiety although it has nothing to do with climate or environment. But a scientist back in the 90s actually suggested that we move the earth's orbit we change the earth's orbit we increase the radius of the planet's orbit around the sun literally talk about affecting the climate talk about man-made climate change didn't every discovery channel and history channel show that we watched over the last 20 years tell us that the earth is in a goldilocks zone and a tiny little nudge in one direction or the other might make the planet uninhabitable. There are actually scientists who have proposed and who continue to propose that we change the orbit of the planet. I mean, this is not a joke. These people are serious. Here's India Times, former NASA scientist's crazy theory on moving Earth's orbit by asteroids. Let's just move. And then you look at the guy and you're like, oh, 
yeah, definitely. This guy absolutely is a climate hysteric. He wants to move the Earth's orbit. And he has a little bit of science to suggest, oh, it'll be okay, we can move the Earth. It's like, I saw that Netflix movie, The Wandering Earth. It didn't work out so well in that movie. They built these big engines and moved the Earth. and So basically, I can't run my air conditioner. I can't drive my car. But you want to move the physical planet. Again, this is not a joke. These people are serious. NASA scientists have proposed moving planet Earth. I don't know if it's going to be like Invader Zim, where they put this big shell over the Earth and then they tow it. Or if it's going to be like the wandering earth, they're going to build these giant, you know, multiple mile wide engines and then burn them and move the move the earth that way. This sounds so stupid. I'm not making this up. This is a real thing. Scientists are actually proposing to move the planet. I mean, this is go look up that episode of Invader Zim. Aliens literally come to Earth. They hijack the sky and the climate and the environment. And then they tow the planet away from the sun. This is literally what these people are proposing. It's like, it's like a Nickelodeon cartoon. It's unbelievable. So scientists want to tow the earth out of its orbit. I can't believe I'm saying that. It sounds so stupid, so crazy. Well, I mean, I don't know. That To me, that gives me anxiety. That gives me anxiety. Moving the planet out of its orbit. What is wrong with these people? I'm sure someone will say, well, they don't want to move it out of its orbit. They just want to move it a few centimeters or a few degrees that direction. So it, it takes longer to orbit the sun. Well, that wouldn't be catastrophic or anything, would, would it? Maybe they've mapped out for billions of years the, the planetary model. Maybe they know exactly that, you know, if we move the planet, that's the, if that's, I guess we could use the same thing if we're, uh, we're facing an asteroid rather than blowing it up or nudging it off its course. We'll just move the planet. Asteroids coming, planet moves to the left, the asteroid goes by, we move the planet back. What is wrong with these people? My God. It's absolutely crazy. Literally, literally crazy. That's not a talking point. Literally, these people are nuts. I can't run an air conditioner, but you can move the planet. Sure. So let me tell you this. We have this poll, Americans less concerned about climate change today than they were three years ago. They're less concerned about individual responsibility. They want governments and corporations to take the responsibility because they're too busy trying to pay their bills. This is according to an APNORC poll. Also, I want to remind you that according to the USCRN, the U.S. Climate Reference Network, which NOAA, started in 2005, 114 stations across the United States which are not placed in developmental areas. So they're not placing these on runways behind jumbo jets at noon in Phoenix, Arizona. They're not placing these things up the tailpipe of a taxi in New York City. They're placing these things where we don't have a lot of development in the countryside, away from human development, you know, where most of the the, the planet um, will exists. You know, m- most of human settlement is in confined areas, m- like virtually all of it. So most of the planet is totally and absolutely void of human human touch. So they put these stations in those areas. This is an official NOAA program. 
U.S. Climate Reference Network. And what they've shown, 114 stations, they've shown that there is no warming trend in the 21st century. The only peak in heat, the only peak in temperature rise was in 2016 because of El Nino. Otherwise, the temperatures have not increased. They've actually decreased. According to the UK Met Office, the average temperature across the UK fell a few percentage points in 2000, well, the 2010s to the 2000, uh, for 2000s to 2010s, excuse me. So over those 10 years, they've continued to fall with the exception of that 2016 spike up until 2020. NOAA, the Met Office, and NASA, however, continue to tell us that the planet is going to burn up. And they keep making these adjustments and telling us that there's, there's these big changes happening and there's warm, warmer temperatures coming. All these terrible things are going to happen. I mean, here's a great example of a story from Reuters today. U.S. greenhouse gas emissions on the rise, but still below pre-pandemic levels. This is how you can distort reality. U.S., EU, all these greenhouse gas emissions are simply realigning where they were prior to the shutdown of society, which had nothing to do with the virus. It had everything to do with bankrupting small businesses and also conditioning you to accept climate lockdowns, which mainstream media has been talking about that for over a year and a half, two years. So in the EU, the European Union, greenhouse gas emissions are on the rise. So they can say, look, greenhouse gas emissions are on the rise, but they're actually still below pre-pandemic levels. This is how you distort reality. This is how you change reality. Is it true greenhouse gas emissions are increasing? Yes. But in comparison with 2018, are they higher? No, they're actually lower. That's the way that we can distort reality. Also, I thought you should listen to this. This was from a few days ago. CBS News says... That children are getting fatter. It's not because of what they're eating. It's not because of the sedentary lifestyles caused by tablets and iPhones and computers and TVs and Netflix and Hulu and all the others. The lockdowns and restrictions and the preventing of kids from going to school. It's none of that. It's actually caused by, well, you, you could guess it pretty easily. It's caused by climate change. Take a listen. CBS News. According to a new study, kids are fat because of climate change. A new study showing how climate change, specifically higher temperatures, is making our children uh, more inactive and more obese. The study published in a journal Temperature found today's children are 30 percent less aerobically fit than their parents were at their age. Fewer children are reaching the World Health Organization's recommendation of 60 minutes of exercise a day. Climate change is responsible for kids being less active than their parents. It's responsible for them being fatter. I don't think so. Not only that, but to suggest that inactivity is the reason that they're fat also flies in the face of psychology and science because every single study that you honestly conduct on inactivity shows that inactivity has little to do with whether somebody gains weight. In fact, the major food manufacturers and processors and you know, producers, you know, your PepsiCo's and others, they found that when you tell people that all they need to do is exercise to lose weight, they will actually buy more and eat more of those companies' products 
because they know that it's as simple as getting on a treadmill, or at least that's what they think. So that's why these industries, Coca-Cola does the same thing. They tell you that exercise is the reason that you're fat or not fat, and that's not true. It's not as simple as calorie in, calorie out. It's a very, very huge myth. It's a misnomer. It's not true. So kids are fatter. Has to be from climate change, right? Kids are fatter. Has to be because of the heat, right? I find that astounding. I see kids running around all the time out here in the desert. I don't know. What are these people talking about? It's too hot. Kids are fatter because of what they're eating. The kids are fatter because their minds are disconnected from their bodies. The kids are fatter because they're not going outside. They're not seeing nature. They're not hanging out with their friends. They're not going to school. This is why kids are fatter and unhealthier. Not because of climate change. But that's what they want to that's what they want you to believe. That's what they want to to instill into your minds. We're fat, we're stupid. It's all because of climate change. Everything is climate change. I mean, I've read the most you just skim through news sometimes and you you read the most ridiculous headlines. You know, men can't get as many dates as they once were able to get because of climate change. You know, women are I actually just read one today. Women are more likely to be the victims of domestic violence because of climate change. I guess the heat makes the men really mad and the men come inside and they're so mad about the sun that they just punch their wife in the head. This is what we're being told. This is as absurd, but it's absolutely parallel. It's coming from the same source. All those COVID-19 stories. Oh, don't flush your toilet. That could send COVID-19 into your neighbor's house. Remember that story? Or English like me speaking right now, speaking English, A, B, C, D, E, F, G spreads COVID-19 more than Arabic, more than Japanese, more than German, you know, which I mean, Arabic and, and German, I took a lot of German. It's, it sounds like a pretty angry and, you know, a lot of spit comes out when you, <laughs> when you speak. But no, English, they said, was the main cause of COVID-19. Just the ridiculous stories. Straight white men are the main spreaders of COVID-19. They, they told us that was the CDC. Remember, they said because straight white men are less likely to wash their hands. Where do you get these statistics from? Where they make, they make this stuff up. It's unbelievable. And they're doing the same thing with climate. Women are more likely to be the victims of domestic violence. Racism is more likely because of climate change. It's just absolute nonsense. We're about the three-quarter mark at the three-quarter mark of, of, of this first hour of the broadcast this evening, I want to stop for just a moment. I want to tell you some of these things you've probably heard, some of these things you might not have heard. Some of this might be repetitive to you. Some of it might not be repetitive to you. A lot of this is, is new information that I'm sharing with you this evening. But tonight's show is going to change. I'm going to stop intentionally, and I'm going to tell you that we're segueing into something a little bit different. But I want to preface before we, we can do that. Every news story, every, whether it's a video or it's audio or it's print, tells us how the earth is dying, how we shouldn't have children, how when people are educated, it's a threat, the UN says, to the climate and to civilization to have people that are educated, even though educated people have less kids. Sea level is rising, animals are dying, insects are dying, the Great Barrier Reef is pretty much bleached and dead. They tell us that there's more flooding, more fires, more hurricanes, more extreme weather. Tell us all these things. Now, personally, 
having done radio for 13 years, I've been called every name in the book. And one of the names I'm called more than anything is negative. Personally, I don't see how constantly telling people that the earth is dying and that your kids are, are basically effed and you're doomed. I don't see how that is positive, especially when I talk about it and I say, I don't believe that the earth is doomed. I don't think that your kids are, are effed or their grandkid, your grandkids or even their grandkids. I don't think that the earth is going to cease to exist I don't think that human civilization is going to cease to exist by natural means in the next 10 years. I don't believe any of that. I'm told I'm negative. You've probably been told you're negative. I know I can't even count them. How many radio hosts and guests and people that I've spoken to who get told that kind of thing all the time. You're negative. It's negative. It's negative. No, what's negative is telling kids that they don't have a future. What's negative is telling children that the planet is going to cease to exist in 10 years. What's negative is telling people in the first world that they need to lower their consumption to that of the third world. What's negative is telling poor communities that they're going to be affected more in the future by climate change, so they need to make changes now, which means they need to pay more for fuel more for energy, more for food, things they already can't afford because they're poor in order to prevent suffering in the future. Those things are negative. It's not negative to tell you that the ocean levels are not increasing. At least they're not increasing abnormally. They might increase and decrease as the data shows us that wildfires are not any more prominent today than they were 10 years ago or 20 years ago. Heat waves are not any more prominent today. Heat waves peaked in the 1930s, almost 100 years ago. That extreme weather is not much different today than it was 10 years ago, 20 years ago. You get extreme storms, and then you get storms that aren't so bad. But everybody crowds around the storms that are, that are really bad, not around the ones that aren't as bad, because that's where the photography comes into play. That's where the videography comes into play. They want to get a picture. They want to get a video. That's where they that's where they want to focus the attention. I mean, if you've ever been to like um I've been to a bunch of presidential debates because I used to do photography and uh, I just went to a uh, an event up in Phoenix over the weekend and I'm I'm standing in line and I was waiting to get into the venue. I was there pretty early because I knew that they only had a certain number of seats. And um, I was standing in line and I saw this guy and his camera crew walking up and you heard the crowd and there were a lot of, you know, hardcore Trump supporters there. And you heard the, the, the crowd, uh, the people in line, they said, oh, oh, look, there comes the news reporter. And I, I was reading a book in line. I just heard, heard people saying that. So I looked up and I saw this, this suave guy walking down the road and his camera guy coming behind him. And they started walking up and saying, you know, would anybody want to do an interview? Um, obviously, I'm a reporter. I work for, uh, I think he was like MSNBC. And I just want to get an interview. And people started to, to kind of heckle the guy. And they're like, no, 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 get out of here. Whatever you do, you're going to cut it. You're not, you're not asking honest questions. So the guy starts walking down the line. And he skips right over me. I look like a normal person. 
the uh, the older couple behind me look like normal people. And who do you think they go to to get the to get the news story? They go to the guy who has the American flag, U.S. Constitution, American Eagle shirt on with a similar hat, and he had he had some kind of like uh, I don't know what was like a lanyard type thing around his neck holding something. It's all all American flags, like just totally decked out you know, looking like, uh, you know, uh, uh, Uncle Sam. They go to that guy. Why do you think they go to that guy and they don't go to me? All I had on was I had some khaki pants. I had sandals and I had a, um, I just had a gray shirt on. Uh, my shirt actually, sa- I wear it all the time. It says uh, a, a, a pledge a day keeps the commies away and it has a hammer and sickle crossed out. He didn't come up to me. He went up to the guy that looked like he could be a little bit crazy. The guy wasn't crazy. But to the people that are watching that news segment, he looks like he could be crazy. I mean, look at this guy decked out in all this gear like he's going to a sporting event. And then the newscaster, you know, guy, he goes back and the, uh, the reporter, he called himself, he goes back and he finds other people that look just like that and they get them on video. That's how climate change is created. They find the most intense storm and that's where the cameras go. They find the most devastating flood. That's where the cameras go. It doesn't matter that in Kentucky, where they have all these floods, it doesn't matter that the floods are common. It doesn't matter that people in Kentucky have been requesting to dredge their, their, um, their trenches and the and the and uh, what did they say? I was I was reading this one story. They said that I think I don't know if it was the state level, the federal level. They're they're not able to dredge the uh, the water runoff, so they just build up and build up and build up and build up with all this dirt and silt and mud and weeds and rubbish. So when water appears on the scene, it overflows quicker. But because of climate change hysteria because of the environment they're not allowed to dredge their creeks they're not allowed to dredge their waterways they're not allowed to dredge their ditches same thing in california they don't want to clear the dead brush for fire breaks so in transitioning to our main subject tonight intentionally taking a break here to explain to you why I want to talk with this subject with you. It's not negative. It's actually very positive. You want to hear a positive show? You want to hear a positive thing? I'm going to share it with you tonight. I've got data to back up everything that I'm saying. I have research to back up everything that I'm saying like I do every night. And we're going to start here. Before the end of the hour, we're going to start here on the thing we're told is, is pretty much dead, the coral reef. The coral reef is in recovery. According to the Australian government website, the coral reef is at a 36-year high. At least two-thirds of it, the Great Barrier Reef, at a 36-year high. This is according to the Australian government, their annual summary report of coral reef condition, 2021-2022. Now, if you're like me, 
Maybe you've heard it in passing. If you haven't read about it. Bleaching of the coral reef is something that we hear about quite often. And they say that it's because of warming oceans. It's a change in water temperature. Just a, a few degrees Fahrenheit can cause bleaching of the reef. It can also occur from low tides, pollution, and too much sunlight. So a lot of things can cause the coral reef to be, quote, bleached. According to the annual summary report of coral reef conditions, though, coral reef is recovering rapidly, and two-thirds of it are at a 36-year high. This is a recent report from the government. This is a big story, don't you think? Over the past 36 years of monitoring by the Australian Institute of Marine Science, coral reefs have shown the ability to begin recovery after disturbances. Don't you think that should be a frontline, headline, newspaper, TV news segment? That the Great Barrier Reef, although it has been damaged, although it has been in some ways devastated, it's actually at a 36-year high, two-thirds of it, and it's coming back to life. Why is that? Because like humans, nature adapts. And it's not just warming waters that can cause bleaching to occur. Too much sunlight can cause it. Low tides can cause it. Things that are unrelated to human activity can cause it. In other words, it's probably pretty natural for there to be these transitions to be these periods of time in which there's a lot of growth and there's not a lot of growth and there's a lot of growth and not, not a lot of growth. This is what the Australian government is telling us. This is a positive thing. This is not negative. The Great Barrier Reef is okay. It's not dying. It's not dead. Don't you think that's an important story? Here are some other important stories for you. NASA says, this is according to NASA, that carbon dioxide is actually fertilizing the earth. That the earth is greener today than it has been in a very, very long time. NASA says 35 years due to atmospheric carbon dioxide. That's according to a study published in Nature Climate Change, finding that the earth is becoming greener that's the whole earth, not just certain parts of the earth. The earth is becoming greener because of carbon dioxide. In other words, the Great Barrier Reef is at a 36-year high. It is, quote, recovering. It's going to be just fine. Two-thirds of it, at the very least, rapidly recovering. And according to NASA, this is on NASA's website, nasa.gov. This isn't Twitter. This isn't Facebook. This isn't Instagram or TikTok. I go right to the source. I don't want a three-minute TikTok or three-second TikTok video. I don't want some stupid reductionist tweet from Twitter. I don't want some stupid post on Facebook from beforeitsnews.com. I want NASA.gov. And if you go to NASA and you find contradictory reports, I want to know why the science is not settled then. I want to know why it's so difficult to find coherent scientific reporting. Because as we were told, almost all scientists agree. But what about the scientists that disagree? What about the Great Barrier Reef in recovery, two-thirds or more 
in the central and northern part has more coral on it today than it's ever had in observational reports, according to the Australian government. What about two continental-sized United States full of green overtaking and blossoming on the earth? What about if there are hotter temperatures? That actually saves people's lives. 20 times more people die from cold than heat. That's an important statistical piece of information. What about solar cycle 25? The sun's activity is actually off of the chart that NOAA has predicted for the next 10 years, 10, 15 years. What about the U.S. CRN, the U.S. Climate Reference Network from NOAA, placed outside of airports and tarmacs at noon in the summer in Phoenix, Arizona, out in the countryside where they've registered no warming trend with the exception of 2016 with the very natural El Nino. The planet is fine. It is not greener on the other side. It is not browner on the other side. On the other side of this break, though, it will be greener. It's very positive. The planet is fine. This is probably a better way to convince people to take care of their environment rather than demeaning and degrading them and making them feel like living is a strain on this abundant world, this abundant blue dot that we call home. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There's more after this. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings, or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info. This is Linda Godfrey, author of Monsters Among Us, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Broadcasting from somewhere between heaven, hell, and purgatory, it's The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Release the Kraken! You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence, David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm the last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. Do you like The Secret Teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health to the entertainment industry and the occult? Then check out Ryan's books, available in PDF and softcover with free shipping in the United States. For a deeper look into artificial intelligence, UFO cults, black goo, and packs made with the devil in the music and entertainment industry, have a look at the technological elixir. Or look for Ryan's masterpiece, Occult Arcana, an encyclopedia of occult knowledge spanning from mythology and science to symbols and sigils, from ritual magic to voodoo, and from comparative religion and psychic abilities to paranormal activity. Just visit thesecretteachings.info. 
Hello, folks. This is Jordan Maxwell, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Excellent shows. Keep listening with your host, Ryan Gable. Think about your hero when you're at ground zero and crawl out to the fallout back to me. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is the frequency of the secret teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Welcome back to the Secret Teachings Radio Broadcast. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to reach the show, you can email us at rdgable at yahoo.com. You can find us on social media, TST underscore underscore radio on Twitter and Facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings. Our website, www.thesecretteachings.info. Please visit our website. Subscribe to the full show archive without those monetized algorithmic advertisements. You'll get the montage archive, and you'll also get early access to the show and a private RSS feed. You can also grab a copy of one of my books on the website. I'd really appreciate that. Let us know what you think of the show on Apple Podcasts, the little review section there, or if you can leave a review on any radio player or a podcast player, please do that. Let us and other people know what you think of the show. Tonight is a positive broadcast, or at least I hope that you take the show as positive. I I want to share with you something that I find to be enlightening, something that I find to be very positive, something that is not negative, something that is not dreary, something that is not um, apocalyptic. I'm into all that. I like those things, but I, I, I think sometimes those things aren't as apocalyptic or dreary as they might seem or sound. I've always maintained that a lot of what we discuss on this show, no matter what it is, is completely positive. I don't think really anything we discuss here is negative. I think it's positive because we should know. We should know about what is happening. We should know about the things that are going on. Like, for example, we should recognize that there are ways in which we can, um, well, maybe reduce our, quote, carbon footprint without having to change our lives entirely. We can continue to do the things that we do just within moderation, not because the world is going to end, but because we could actually make our lives better by saving some money here, saving some money there, and putting it toward things that we might really want. Personally, I don't leave my air conditioner on all the time, not because the World Economic Forum told me not to uh, or told me to, to turn it off or told me to not have one. I don't turn it up because I don't want to pay the power company. I don't turn it down because I don't want to pay the power company. Because the money I save from that and the money I save from not driving every day and not spending a, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't drink and I don't smoke and I don't do things like that. So I save money there. I, I don't really have a lot of vices. So I save a lot of that money and then I can put that toward this radio show. That's a practical thing. I've done that for a very long time. I live within my means, below my means, so I can finance and fund this radio show. And it's not because of climate change. That's a practical thing that we should recognize. We, we have a lot of power to make changes, but not for political reasons, not for hysterical alarmist reasons, not for reasons that 
we're told if we don't make those those choices that we're going to suffer immensely from the consequences of those actions, running an air conditioner, driving a car, et cetera. So I was reading this story, an APNORC poll. Many in the United States doubt their own impact on climate change. According to this poll, fewer Americans today than three years ago believe that they have an impact on the climate. Fewer Americans believe that they have a responsibility to do something, that it's really the government or it's a corporation that should be making the change. Some, like Diane Panacucci, quoted in this article, she says you should just do what you're told. Just do what you're told. It doesn't matter. It makes sense. Just do what you're told. But Americans aren't doing what they're told. Less Americans believe that it is something we should be dealing with directly and something that they're responsible for. Now, the reason for that might not have anything to do with science or climate change. It might actually have a lot to do with the fact that Americans, generally speaking, are fed up with failing economic policies. So Americans are concerned with paying their bills. Americans are concerned with, can they go to college? Are they going to be able to afford to drive to work? Are they going to be able to afford to take a nice vacation? Americans are concerned with things that directly affect them, not things that we're told are going to happen 10, 15, 20, 30 years from now, especially when Americans are older and can remember all the threats, all the promises, all the predictions that never came true before. Somebody told me that Al Gore is an individual and he doesn't speak for the whole climate community. So the whole thing about the ice caps melting by, you know, the, the what was it, five, six, seven, eight years ago, that doesn't really count, doesn't matter. And I said, but Al Gore is one of the major investors and inventors of this climate narrative in the modern era. What do you mean his, his statements and predictions don't matter? They, they, they're the only thing that really matters. He started a lot of this hysteria. Then I told somebody, temperature here is actually cooler than it has been in a long time. Even the local, uh, local uh, radio broadcasts here in Tucson tell us that. If you listen to like the news broadcasts, Tune into the one on top of Mount Lemmon here. I've got a little emergency radio I tune in. National Weather Service, NOAA. It just repeats. Temperature today is cooler than it was 10 years ago, 5 years ago, 1 year. It's actually cooler in Tucson this summer than it has been in a very long time. People tell me, well, that doesn't matter. That's a single place. And I think, well, they're telling you Phoenix is uninhabitable. So Phoenix is just a single place. They don't matter. See, the thing that we have to understand, I believe, is that when you see the parallels between climate change and COVID-19, you recognize all it's all about conditioning the public to think that they're going to suffer immensely unless something is done to stop this virus or something is done to stop this climatic shift. It's the same exact thing. Same exact thing. I've reported this story a few times. This was from several years ago. Michigan and Cornell Universities followed 600 adults who reported on their climate change beliefs. The people that were concerned, the most worried, were the least likely to recycle, use public transportation, buy environmentally friendly consumer products, and reuse shopping bags. The people that were most concerned were the least likely to do those things, but they were the most likely to vote for government 
to take drastic action against those who didn't have the same feelings on the climate. Now, those who were skeptical or just cautiously worried were more likely to recycle, use public transportation, buy environmentally friendly consumer products, and reuse shopping bags. Other studies have shown, without any doubt, the people that constantly tell you how much they care about the environment or black people or how much they care about social issues are the most likely to steal, the most likely to lie, the most likely to cheat, the most likely to tell you they're good when they're not good. These are traits of psychopaths and narcissists and egomaniacs. They're not traits of good people. That doesn't mean if you care about the climate, you're a narcissist. But psychology and the science and the data shows that people who obsess over these things don't actually live the lifestyles that align with their beliefs. And if they do, they tend to be grossly hypocritical about it. I also mentioned this USCRN 114 stations across the country started by NOAA in 2005 have shown that if you don't put a temperature meter next to a giant jumbo jet on a runway at noon in the summer in Phoenix, Arizona, you're going to actually find that temperatures aren't that hot across the planet, across the United States. They're pretty moderate. In fact, in some places, they're lower than they have been. In some places, they're higher than they have been. This is just a natural cycle. There's been no heating trend at all, with the exception of 2016 because of El Nino. There's been no heating trend at all. That's according to NOAA. There's no heating trend. How can you argue with that data? Because they have specifically placed data points that they want you to focus on. But here's the bottom line. The Earth is not dying. We are not going to suffer catastrophic climatic changes in our lifetime. You can take that to the bank. It's not going to happen. Now, that doesn't mean there won't be a devastating hurricane that hits Florida or the East Coast or the Gulf Coast. That doesn't mean that there won't be floods in Kentucky or fires in California. There's always hurricanes that hit the East Coast. There's always hurricanes that hit Florida. There's always hurricanes that hit the Gulf Coast. I grew up in the 90s. In the early 2000s, in Florida, I lived in St. Petersburg, which is the tiny little finger. It's a peninsula on a peninsula. Yeah, we had hurricanes. Yeah, there was flooding. But I lived in the ocean, so that was going to happen. I lived in an alley that the hurricanes typically took. So, yeah, there's going to be hurricanes. But it wasn't because of climate change. The funny thing is, they tell you that warming water causes more intense storms. Yeah, true. That's very true. But what's interesting is the U.S. government and military have experimented with superheating water in the eye of a hurricane so that they can draw the hurricane in the direction that they want to draw the hurricane. And this isn't new science or new ideas or new technology. This is stuff that has been proposed and likely experimented with for decades. If you live in Kentucky and you're experiencing flooding, it's going to look like, well, the climate is changing and that's what's causing the flooding. Well, it could be that, or it could be that the fail-safe mechanisms against the flooding aren't being put into action because Kentucky is not allowed to dredge their creeks and their rivers and their, and their ditches and their waterways. I, I, I just read that the other day and I was stunned. I was like, what? 
how they're they're blaming the 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 the, the flooding on climate change, but then they're not allowed to to do what they need to do to prevent the flooding. That's sabotage, just like in California. They can't move the dead brush. They can't move. They can't create fire breaks. So you get more fires that spread more easily that get to residential communities. That's sabotage. That's not man. Well, I mean, I guess it is man-made. It's not man-made global warming. It's man-made disasters, man-made natural disasters. I bring all this up because the reality of the situation is the earth is not dying. We're not going to experience some drastic change unless it's completely manufactured. But of all the things they tell us are happening, one thing they don't tell us is that solar activity plays a great effect on the planet. You already know this, of course. But according to NOAA, this is recent. According to NOAA, and this is almanac.com, According to Noah, they knew this back in January, that the sun is rising to the height of its 11-year cycle. It's reaching that this year. Over the next couple of years, it'll, it'll, it'll persist. But Noah said that so, uh, solar cycle 25 is outperforming the official forecast. That was as of early this year. So the sun is more active than Noah predicted as of earlier this year. And as of a few weeks ago, we had this massive solar flare. And you've got NASA and others reporting that the sun is at the peak of its 11-year cycle, increasing to that point. And NOAA has known that solar cycle 25 is outperforming their official forecast. So the sun is not only at the peak of its 11-year cycle, it's actually stronger it's actually more unpredictable and potentially devastating to planet Earth and to our electronics than they had predicted to begin with. So that, you would think, is an important piece of data. The sun is really big, it's really hot, it's really powerful, and it has the ability to devastate human civilization. If We don't take the precautions to prevent that. It's funny because... They predict what the sun will do. The sun is actually acting worse than the prediction, but they're not talking about it. For climate change, it's they make the prediction, and then the climate responds drastically different than the prediction. It's not as severe as the prediction. The prediction gives you the idea of what could happen, what might happen, what may happen, but then it doesn't happen. Then when they make the prediction for the sun, the solar activity is actually far greater than what they tell us, but nobody wants to talk about it because it would mean that the sun is clearly and obviously a major contributing factor to any sort of strange or slightly abnormal alterations in climate or environment. So this is the first piece of information you should know. Solar cycle 25 is outperforming the forecast officially from NOAA. The solar cycle 25 is increasing in terms of the sun's intensity. Sunspot activity is increasing. It will continue to increase until July of 2025. And then it will begin to decline in 2026, 7, 8, 9, and funny enough, by 2030 into 2032 and 2033 and 2034, sunspot count will actually 
drop substantially, according to the forecast, and not be as bad as it even has been in years prior. Now, this is Noah's chart. This is from Noah. But their chart is not living up to reality because based on their chart, solar activity, solar sunspots in 2021 in December peaked at almost a 90-degree angle, drastically different than what they had predicted for 2022. The sun is more active. There are more sunspots. There's more solar activity. And as 2022 has gone along, we saw huge activity last month in July. And that's where we are on the chart right now, way above what they officially forecast and predicted. The sun is really big, if you didn't know that. Really, really powerful. Again, it will peak, they say, in 2025 in July, and then begin a steady decline by 2028. We should be back to where we are now, but between 2022 and 2028, over the next six years, there's going to be a lot of solar activity. There is going to be a lot of sunspot activity. And these are the things that throughout human history correlate with diseases, especially flus, and climatic changes and shifts in environment and weather. They know how the sun affects the planet. They know that the sun is going through a 11-year peak period. They know that the sun at the moment is actually beyond what their predictions stated, beyond what the computer models forecast. More solar activity, more sunspot activity. And they know that that's going to peak in the midpoint of this decade. And then it will begin to decline. But by the time it declines back down to the end of its cycle, it'll be 2030. They're basically taking advantage of a solar cycle and blaming natural weather and any abnormalities that might actually exist on human activity and climate change when, if anything, is responsible for the slight differences depending on what kind of chart or graph you're looking at and how many years it goes back, it would be the sun. I'll send you the graph if you want to see it. It's directly from Noah. The point on the graph is early 2022, and then from there, the official forecast goes up, but the reality is actually much higher than the official forecast. So that is the solar cycle 25. Don't you think that's, I don't know, important? Don't you think that should be factored in? Apparently, mainstream media scientists don't think so. But it gets better. There's more to it than that. Here is a story from Australia. The Australian government has been monitoring the Great Barrier Reef. This is their annual summary report of coral reef conditions. According to the report, coral reef recovery has led to a 36-year high across two-thirds of the Great Barrier Reef. Over the past 36 years of monitoring by the Australian Institute of Marine Science, coral reefs in the GBR have shown an ability to begin recovery after disturbances. In 2022, widespread recovery has led to the highest coral cover recorded by the LTMP in the northern and central Great Barrier Reef, largely due to increases in the fast-growing Acropora corals, 
which are the dominant group of corals on the Great Barrier Reef and have been largely responsible for previous changes in hard coral cover. Does that matter? Doesn't fit in with the alarmist narrative, does it? In 2022, widespread recovery has led to the highest coral cover recorded by the LTMP in the northern and central Great Barrier Reef. Don't you think that might warrant at least a headline? Don't you think that might warrant at least a few news broadcasts? What I'm telling you here is the sun is acting more intensely with more sunspots than Noah predicted. That's kind of important. That's the first thing you should know. The second thing you should know is that the Great Barrier Reef is recovering from the damage that it has experienced over the last decade or so. And it has the highest coral cover ever recorded by the LTMP. Don't you think that's important? That's the long-term monitoring program. Highest coral cover. Great Barrier Reef is also at a 36-year high overall across two-thirds of the entire underwater structure. But they tell us, oh, no, the bleaching of the coral reef, the bleaching of the Great Barrier Reef, it's dying, it's dead, it's gone. Actually, it isn't dying dead and gone. It's at a 36-year high, and it has the most coral coverage that they've recorded with the LTMP. That's significant. Here's another significant piece of information. This is the third thing you should know. Carbon dioxide fertilization is greening the Earth, according to NASA. From a quarter to half of Earth's vegetation or vegetated lands, they've shown significant greening over the last 35 years. 35 years. You want to do the math with me there? Over the last 35 years, this takes us back to the 80s and 90s. That's a long time ago. 35 years. 35 years takes us back even before the 1990s when we had more extreme temperatures than we do today. Takes us back to the 1980s. It's a long time ago, don't you think? We have more green coverage today than we did then in the 90s and the early 2000s, etc. And NASA says this is largely due to rising levels of atmospheric carbon dioxide. This is according to a study published in Nature Climate Change. The Climate Change Nature Journal says an international team of 32 authors from 24 institutions in eight countries led the effort which involved using satellite data from NASA's Moderate Resolution Imaging Spectrometer and the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration's Advanced Very High Resolution Radiometer instruments to help determine the leaf area index or amount of leaf cover over the planet's vegetated regions. The greening represents an increase in leaves on plants and trees equivalent in area to two times the continental United States. Think about that. Two times the continental United States. That's how much more green. That's if the entire United States, from California to North Carolina, from North Dakota all the way down to Texas, 
from Maine or Portland, Oregon to Portland, Maine, from Portland, Maine, all the way down here to Tucson, Arizona, from Portland, Oregon down to St. Pete, Florida. The entire planet has increased in green coverage by two times that amount. Can we even fathom that? Can we even comprehend that? Where is that on the nightly news broadcast? Where is that on your nightly radio show? Where is that on your conservative Republican media that doesn't even buy the climate change narrative? They're not telling you this. So this is what you should know. This is what you should be thinking about. Solar cycle 25. Noah's predicted a peak in July of 2025. We've already seen solar activity off the charts, according to Noah. That means there is an effect that the sun has on the earth. It's more so than your pickup truck. It's more so than that cheeseburger you ate. It's more so than running some air conditioner. You should also know number two, solar cycle 25 is number one. Number two is the long-term monitoring program of the Great Barrier Reef. 36-year highs across two-thirds of the reef in the north and central parts. The most coral ever recorded. That's important. They tell us about bleaching. Bleaching, bleaching. We've heard about that for 50, 60, 70 years. Natural things cause bleaching. Sunlight causes bleaching. Yes, pollution causes bleaching. Humans could cause bleaching. But the coral reef recovers. That's what's important. Also, carbon dioxide fertilization, greening the earth, according to NASA, also because of tree planting programs, the earth has been greatly greened. Tree planting programs and carbon dioxide fertilization, both according to NASA reports. That's the third thing you should know that is critically important. Sea level rise, yes, NASA reports the sea levels have risen slightly 3.2 millimeters per year, that seems like a lot because in 1901 to 2010, it was 1.7 millimeters a year. Turns out that in 1993, when it almost doubled per year, what we learned in 1993 was that NASA started recording the change differently. They switched to satellites. So the 3.2 millimeters per year sounds like a drastic increase when in fact, it's actually quite normal. And we've seen other centuries in other parts of the world that are actually seeing sea level decline, some that are seeing sea level rise. This is all natural. Some places seeing more drought, some seeing more flooding, some seeing less flooding, some seeing less drought. We need to have balance brought to this subject. It is not something that we should be hysterical about, alarmed about, paranoid about, frantic about, terrified about, terrorized about, or scared about. The earth is not dying. Stop telling our kids that the earth is dead or it is going to be dead in 10 years. That is not true. The only thing we know for sure in 10 years is that the sun will be coming off of its 11-year high solar cycle. That's what we know. Grass is not greener on the other side of the climate change agenda. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There's more after this. Stay with us. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. Hey, this is John Peasy at johnpeasy.com, and I'm here with Ryan Gable from The Secret Teachings. 
It's The Secret Teachings, one of the homes of the original Super Bowl analysis, airing exclusively five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence, David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. This is Kev Baker of The Kev Baker Show, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Broadcasting from somewhere between the normal and abnormal. A collection of question marks. No reason, no explanation. Just a prolonged nightmare in which fear, loneliness, and the unexplainable walk hand in hand through the shadows. It's The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. You are listening to the Secret Teachings radio broadcast. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you for tuning in. This is the final segment tonight, August 16th, 2022, Tuesday. There are a few things that I hope you take away from tonight's show. The main thing is the earth is not dying. There are not more floods and fires and extreme weather today than there has been at any other point in recorded human history. At some points, there may be a few more hurricanes and then a few less hurricanes and then a few more intense hurricanes and a few less intense hurricanes and maybe a few more fires in new places and then a few less fires in common places, a few floods in places. You don't get floods normally, but it's not abnormal. And a few places that usually have floods that might not have had a flood, places that normally have drought that might have a lot of rain, 
and places that have a lot of rain that might not have as much rain. And therefore, we look at those situations and we think, well, that's abnormal. Something's wrong. When I was a kid growing up, when I lived there, I don't remember that happening. These are worse storms, more intense weather, more flooding, more fires. Climate change is definitely happening. And it doesn't really matter what climate change even means. Of course, the climate changes. That's not my argument against the political and the scientific argument. Of course, the climate changes, but why does the climate change? That's the real question. Or here's one point that you need to know. Sunspots, solar activity. Solar activity drives the climate like the moon and the jet stream, not your air conditioner. Sunspots. As of December of 2021, sunspot activity was off of the predicted forecast chart from NOAA. It's continued to climb off of the official forecasted chart from NOAA. As it continues to climb, by 2025, we will have reached the height of solar cycle 25. Now, based on the forecasted predictions, solar cycle 25 will actually be less intense than solar cycle 24. That's really important. If the official forecast does not hold true, it looks like solar activity is going to actually be higher than the forecast. It might peak at around solar cycle 24 in regard to the number of sunspots. This is from NOAA. According to spaceweather.com, sunspot counts have exceeded predictions for 15 straight months. It's quite a bit of months. It's over a year. The monthly value at the end of December 2021 was more than twice the forecast and the highest in more than five years. Why are we not hearing about that? Why are we not hearing about NOAA's solar cycle forecast, which has been scrapped because solar activity is much higher? Why are we not hearing about solar activity over the officially predicted forecast in the summer at the peak of the sun's 11-year cycle as it begins to peak even more? Why are we not hearing about that? That's something you should know. I'll send you the chart and the reports if you'd like to see them. Another thing you should know, bringing us down to earth and under the water, the long-term monitoring program, the LTMP, the annual summary report of coral reef conditions 2021 to 2022, published by the Australian government, they found that continued coral recovery has led to a 36-year high across two-thirds of the Great Barrier Reef. They also found that in 2022, the widespread recovery, this is a direct quote from the Australian government's own website, their own report, the LTMP. In 2022, widespread recovery has led to the highest coral cover recorded by the LTMP in the northern and central Great Barrier Reef. Now, what about the southern? Well, the southern doesn't have record growth, but it is still recovering as part of that 36-year high across most of the Great Barrier Reef.
Now, they'll focus on the southern part and say, look, it's devastated, but the northern part is at a all-time high. Now, they do say that average water temperatures have increased, leading to coral bleaching. The fourth time this happened since 2016, the first recorded during a La Nina year. The peak of this bleaching event was in March and accumulated heat stress measured as degree heating weeks for most of the Great Barrier Reef, which reached levels expected to result in widespread bleaching, but not extensive mortality. Surveyed reefs experienced low levels of other acute stresses over the past 12 months, but there have been um, few acute stresses that have led to the devastation that we've been led to believe about the Great Barrier Reef. Yes, the Great Barrier Reef is part of the climate change narrative. If you never thought about it, I've never honestly thought much about the Great Barrier Reef. But the Great Barrier Reef, part of the mainstream climate change narrative, 36-year high across two-thirds, highest coral cover ever recorded in the northern and central Great Barrier Reef. So they can't say, well, the southern part is devastated because of climate change. Well, it's, it's all kind of connected there. So if the waters are warming and that's bleaching the coral because of my air conditioner, I'm pretty sure that it would affect the whole thing and not just a tiny piece of it. There has to be another reason that down in the southern part near Rockhampton and Mackay that there's, um, there's not as much recovery there. But if you get up near Townsville and Cooktown, you're going to find a whole lot of coral cover. And that is mainly due, the record is mainly due to the Acropora corals, which grow very, very quickly. That's the second thing you should know. The third thing you should know, carbon dioxide fertilization is greening the earth according to NASA. From a quarter to half of Earth's vegetated lands has shown significant greening over the last 35 years, largely due to rising levels of atmospheric carbon dioxide. Remember, we told you that carbon dioxide is the oxygen of plants. It's a good thing. Plants need carbon dioxide. This is according to a study published in Journal Nature Climate Change. An international team of 32 authors from 24 institutions in eight countries led the effort, which involved using satellite data from NASA's moderate resolution imaging spectrometer and the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, that's NOAA, their advanced, very high resolution, that's what it's called, very high resolution radiometer instruments to help determine the leaf area index or amount of leaf cover over the planet's vegetated regions. The greening represents, get this, an increase in leaves on plants and trees equivalent in area to two times the continental United States. That means from Washington State to my home state of Florida, from Maine to here in Arizona where I am right now. If all of that was completely green, double it, that's how much leaf area has increased on planet Earth since about 35 years ago. So over 35 years, we've had a doubling size of the United States of green on planet Earth. That is really, really, really important, don't you think? Because all the images, all the pictures, all the videos, everything we see about climate change, climate change, climate change, 
It's always a devastated earth. It's always a browning of the earth's surface and dry, cracked land. No water. Total dystopia. Everybody's going to die. Turns out that's not the case. Those are three major things you should know. A subsection of this third thing, though, the greening of the earth, you should know that rising carbon dioxide is also causing plants to have fewer pores. This is from Indiana University, published in 2011. They've known this for over a decade or more. Rising carbon dioxide causing plants to have fewer pores might sound like a bad thing. It's actually a good thing because they release less water to the atmosphere. Now, in this study, they actually say carbon dioxide has risen over the last 150 years. The density of pores that allow plants to breathe has dwindled by 34%, restricting the amount of water vapor the plants release to the atmosphere. Report scientists from Indiana University Bloomington and Ultrek University in the Netherlands in an upcoming issue, this was in 2011, so it's already been published, of the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. In other words, plants, because of carbon dioxide, release less water, meaning that there is less drought. You should also know this. If you go on the internet and you type in sea level rise, go ahead and do it with me. Sea level rise. You'll get news articles. You'll get Wikipedia. You'll get stories from today. SciTech Daily. Evidence of unprecedented modern sea level rise found in ancient caves. Here's another one, NBC Boston, how city leaders plan to prepare East Boston, Charleston for sea level rise. Here's physics.org, world's biggest ice sheet could cause massive sea level rise without action. Could cause, not is causing, could cause. Here's another one from the same website, rising seas are trouble for Charleston's booming community. I found a sea level rise report on a NASA page. It's really interesting because if you read it, it says indicators of sea level rise. And you look at the chart and it looks pretty scary. You see the chart from 1995 through 2000, 2015, 2022. From 1993 to 2022, there's been an increase in sea level rise. Last measurement was taken in May of 2022. Key takeaway, they say, global sea levels are rising as a result of human-caused global warming, with recent rates being unprecedented over the past 2,500-plus years. Now, how can they say that if this data only goes back to 1993? Think about it. The data goes back to 1993. They say this is an unprecedented rise never seen over 2,500 years. But is it abnormal? What does the data show before 1993? Well, a 2018 report on sea level and climate change by Judith Curry, climate scientist, explained the complexity of the measuring and the analysis of sea level rise. How is NASA observing those sea levels that are rising? A little bit different than observing the amount of green on the planet based on leaf coverage. 
it's harder to determine sea level rise using satellites when prior to using the satellites, they had more accurate analysis, more accurate methods of predicting how the sea was or was not rising, just monitoring sea levels in general. And here's what happened. The average global rate of sea level rise from 1901 to 2010 was 1.7 millimeters. It's about one sixteenth of an inch per year. Nothing really abnormal there. In the latter part of that period from 1993 onward, the rate of rise was 3.2 millimeters per year, almost double the average rate. Now, why did the rate almost double in 1993? I want you to think about it for a second. They used satellites to look at the greening of the Earth. I'm sure you could use other methods to find that the Earth wasn't actually as green as NASA said it is to continental United States. Maybe it's one and a half. But it's still enough that if, even with satellites, you can make such a grand declaration that based on the data, it's, it's visibly clear there's that much more green. Using satellites, they've also monitored the ocean levels. But since 1993, they've measured the ocean levels with satellites. That's a key piece of information because prior to switching the method of observation, the sea level was only rising 1.7 millimeters per year. That's from the beginning of the 20th century until 2010. The average was 1.7 millimeters every single year. Common, natural, not unique. In 1993, though, they switched the method of observation. When they switched the method of observation, suddenly it doubled. What is more likely? In 1993, the sea level started rising faster than it had at any other point. And it's risen faster than at any other point in the last 2,500 years. Is it more likely that the ocean started rising suddenly in 1993? Is it just a coincidence that that was the same time when the average went from 1.7 millimeter to 3.2 millimeters every year? Is it just a coincidence that that's the same time that they switched the observational method? The answer to that is obviously no. It's not a coincidence. In other words, sea levels began rising at an unprecedented level only when the method for observing sea level change also changed. I mean, it's basically like if you were if you were looking at a um, at an object really really far away. Like you ever been to you know the you've been to the beach or something? If you go down to Miami, I've been to Miami Beach a few times. You go to Miami and you see these big, or maybe in San Francisco you see them there too, the big cargo ships. And you see them out on the, the horizon really far away, and they don't really look like they're moving. That's basically what they've done with ocean levels. They've been observing them from a certain distance, close up or far away. And then when they change their point of observation, it looks like they're rising faster. Or it could be the other way around. Maybe they're slower. Maybe the 
3.2 millimeters per year is actually the average. Maybe the 1.7 millimeters based on the previous way that that was monitored, maybe that's actually not normal. Maybe what's normal is 3.2 millimeters, but because they've not observed it from satellites before, they say that the change in the amount of sea level rise is due to climate change, not based on observational methods, which could actually prove that the 3.2 millimeters per year is natural and not abnormal and certainly not unprecedented. You get up close to that cargo ship on the horizon, it's moving a lot faster. Probably a better example, something everybody's seen, a plane in the sky. You see a plane in the distance, it doesn't look like it's moving very fast. Even if it flies over your head, it might not look like it's moving very fast. might look like it's a lot lower than it really is. It's probably not that low, and it's probably moving a lot faster than you think it is. It doesn't mean it's abnormal, This is very important. This is the fourth important thing that you should know. Solar cycle 25 is off Noah's chart, but it's still under what it was for solar cycle 24 in terms of intensity and sunspots. And we're in the middle of solar cycle 25. It will peak in 2025. And as it peaks, it will begin to decline by 2030. They're exploiting a solar cycle in the middle of the summer, in the hottest cities in the country, using equipment that is placed literally at Sky Harbor Airport, one of the hottest airports probably in the world. That's where they get their climate data from. That is fraud. Meanwhile, NOAA's Climate Reference Network, USCRN, 114 stations across the country have shown zero warming trend in the last decade. The only exception to that is the El Nino oscillation in 2016. No warming trend. NOAA's data shows there's no warming trend when they focus on the data outside of airports, outside of the hottest cities, outside of cities in general, where most of the Earth is is alive. The second thing you should remember, the Great Barrier Reef has the highest coral coverage ever recorded by the Long-Term Monitoring Program surveying 87 reefs, 2020-2022 official report, Northern and Central Great Barrier Reef has the highest coral cover recorded. Over all 36 years of monitoring by the Australian Institute of Marine Sciences, coral reefs in the Great Barrier Reef have shown an ability to begin recovery after a disturbance. That's the second thing you should know. The third thing you should know, nature climate change 32 authors, 24 institutions, 8 countries using satellite data have shown that the Earth's green coverage has increased by two continental United States. That's the third thing you should know. Now, it might not be exactly two continental United States. They're just using an estimate and giving you an idea, something you can kind of wrap your head around. Rising carbon dioxide is also cause plants to have fewer pores, which means they release less water, which means that there is less drought. Fourth thing you should know, NASA has been using satellites to track sea levels, but they've only been doing this since 1993. Prior to 1993, they used a different method. 1993 was the year in which sea levels spiked from 1.7 millimeters per year on average, one sixteenth of an inch, 
to almost double that at 3.2 millimeters per year. So is the 1.7 millimeters a year the normal or 3.2 millimeters per year the normal? Were they using inadequate methods before? Are they using better adjusted methods now? That's the real question. The real question is, why did it spike in 1993 and continue spiking since then? Because they changed the method. That's why it spiked in 1993, because they changed the method of observation. If you're looking at a plane flying off in the distance, it doesn't look like it's moving very fast. Then you put binoculars up to your eyes. Suddenly, it's moving a lot faster. Was it never moving that fast? No, it was. You just weren't able to fully grasp it because it was so far away and it's moving so fast and the sky's so big you can't really process that ocean levels were higher in the 20th century average uh, averaging during the 30 years 1920 1950 much lower than the average from 1910 to 1920 and again from 1955 to 1980 regional differences exist too and actual rates of sea level rise range from negative to positive Some places have less ocean rise. Some places, actually, the ocean levels have gone down. Some places, they've gone up. This is all vital. This is all critically important. It's also critically important for you to get access to these other two stories that I have for you. You need to read these if you haven't read them before. The Lancet story, Small Area Assessment of Temperature-Related Mortality Risks in England and Wales, Planetary Health from the Lancet, Compared to the number of people that died from heat, 791 excess deaths. On average, you get a few hundred people dying from heat. 60,000 from cold. British Medical Journal. Cold weather kills far more people than hot weather, according to study. 74 million deaths, 13 countries. Cold weather is associated with nearly 20 times more death than hot weather. This is a huge international study. That is the fifth thing you should know. Cold kills far more people than heat regionally and around the world. These are things that we should know. These are things that we should understand. Because if we don't understand them, we're going to think that the world is coming to an end right now and we're all going to die. And this is inappropriate to teach our children. This is inappropriate to constantly converse about and live in a state of paranoia and fear. We should not be living like this. Someone the other day told me that it's irresponsible to tell people that it's not the end of the world. I think it's irresponsible to tell people that it is the end of the world. You want to hear some good news? Since 1950, poverty has declined from 50% of the world's population to 9.2% of the population of the world. That's a huge reduction. Even when the changes in the definition of the word poverty are implemented, less than 10% of the world is completely impoverished today. Literacy has increased since 1950 by 36% to 86%. Only 36% of the world was literate in 1950, 1950s. Now it's 86% literate. Life expectancy has more than doubled over the last century. Because we make more efficient forms of technology, engines, equipment, we learn to use less of certain materials. We learn to mine in a more efficient way, recycle. We learn to use new materials. We adapt, etc. We have more resources today than we had 50 years ago. 
depending on the resource. Various minerals, various metals. The world is not coming to an end. We have more resources today than we've had in the past. Because in the past, we were observing like those sea level rises with the lens of that day. Then we learn, oh, we have actually more copper. We have more zinc. Oh, we have more iron than we thought we had. Oh, we have more aluminum than we thought we had because we didn't know there were other stores of it. We hadn't found those stores of, of those things yet. Aluminum, iron, copper, zinc. These are just a few of the things. I mean, if you find one, let's just say you find, use super simple numbers, 10 pounds of iron. That's what you have for 100 years. You know, all these predictions, we're out of resource, we have 10 pounds of iron, what are we going to do? Well, it turns out, over the next 100 years, you're going to learn that there are other stores of iron. You're going to find another 100 pounds there, another 100 pounds there. You actually have way more than you think you have. This whole thing is a fraud. That's not a conservative Republican point of view. That's a human point of view. That's a scientific point of view. You should understand and know all the things we talked about tonight. The sun is largely responsible for climatic environmental shifts. It is heading into its peak 11-year cycle, and it's off the charts that NOAA published. According to the Australian government, the coral reef, the Great Barrier Reef, is at an all-time high for most parts of it. The earth is greener now than it's ever been. Less drought because plants retain more water because of carbon dioxide. Sea level rise has only spiked in the last 20, 30 years because they've changed the method of observing it. Of course, it's going to spike. Otherwise, sea level rise has been higher in some decades than others and lower in some decades than others and lower in some places and higher in other places. Cold kills more people regionally and around the world than heat does. And we have more copper, more iron, more zinc, more aluminum, and more resources today because we're finding more. We're using them more efficiently. We're recycling them. This is all positive. They tell you that climate change is happening, and by 2030, we need to make all these drastic changes. The grass isn't so green on the other side. I'm telling you, grass is way greener on the other side. They're selling you a brown water-starved, resource-starved, dystopian landscape. When in fact, we could probably have what amounts more to a utopia if we stopped the hysteria, the alarmism, and the paranoia. You don't have to eat bugs. You don't have to live in poverty to be equal. We have enough on this planet to last us for hundreds, if not thousands of years under the same consumption that we have right now if we don't adapt, don't grow, and don't find more resources, which we will. This is a completely and absolutely anti-human, anti-earth, anti-children, anti-family, anti-spirit, anti-God, anti-universe, anti-life equation that they are selling us. It is a fraud. It is not true. The world and life is much more positive than that, and I hope that you take that away from tonight's broadcast. If you'd like to support this show and the research that we do, if you'd like to get the access that we have to some of these articles and links, you don't want to have to go searching for them, email me at rdgable at yahoo.com. But if you want to get access to the show, you listen on Ground Zero.radio Monday through Friday, 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific. Then the show goes in the archive. You can listen for free on the website, but you have to listen to those algorithmically placed ads through Spreaker. 
you want to get rid of those, we have a private RSS feed. We have a private archive with all the shows with none of those ads. You also get the montage archive as well and the early access to the show when it's put up. www.thesecretteachings.info Please subscribe. Please grab a copy of one of my books. If you do that, we're on air Monday through Friday, 10 p.m. to midnight Pacific after Clyde Lewis and Ground Zero. You support us. You keep us on air. We'll continue to bring you this content five nights a week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you learned something. I hope you realize the world isn't coming to an end. Again, www.thesecretteachings.info. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Stay informed. And we'll talk to you on the next broadcast. <laughs>